What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Cross Em Up Podcast. I'm Maddie Trev here with Beach Hill. We have a lot to cover today. The very long awaited story of Brian's 200 plus mile cycling adventure. Um, I've been waiting for this for a long time. I know we've kind of talked about it before in previous episodes. So uh, stay tuned to that. But first, a little bit of update of uh, you know, since we last talked, some sports happenings of the week. Um, Brian, why don't you start us off with that? Yeah, so first off, Michigan football had their spring game, but it wouldn't be a shock if you didn't hear about it because they didn't allow any media to go to the game, and then they also didn't broadcast it. Obviously, they weren't going to allow fans um, due to the current circumstances of the times, but it, why not let the media watch or let or broadcast it, and why the secrecy? It's like, I think you got to open it up to the fans. It's not like Michigan has anything to hide. They don't, they're not really scaring anyone in the country right now. So like, it's not like they're hiding a, a secret winning formula there on the field, but like let the fans see, cause there's a quarterback competition going on right now. An exciting, exciting battle with an exciting freshman in JJ McCarthy and like let the fans see that. And all the good college programs around the country, like that their spring games are broadcast and they have fans there. So I think, Michigan should have done the same so that was a big and in the past they have it's either been broadcast or they and they've had fans so that's a shame that that didn't happen but on a more positive note they wore all blue jerseys against one team wore all blue jerseys and one team all maize and I really like the look of the all blue jerseys it was it was really clean and maybe maybe they do that kind of like the color rush like how NFL teams would do like a color rush jersey where it's kind of like all the same one color I like the look of the all blue jerseys I know that's like it's, it's not like the traditionalists like the the classic uniforms but I I do think it's good to switch it up every now and then yeah so you're just saying like because normally we have like the maize pants and it was all blue yeah huh I kind of like that look too I hope they bring that out for the fall I think that'll be good maybe it'll be our good luck <laughs> yeah I like it better We're than all the maize you like the all maize no I don't I yeah, I don't not like the all maze, but I like the all blue better than the all maze. Like, I think the all maze is just like really loud. I agree. I don't mind like maze for basketball for whatever reason. I think it, it just like that uniform looks good in maze, but I hate it for track. I, yeah, most other sports, it's like, we say go blue where, I mean, maze is just like our secondary color. So I don't know. I don't like any surprise jerseys. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. Another uh, piece of Michigan news. I'm sure you guys, if you're following the Michigan basketball scene, um, Shondi Brown uh, signed with an agent and declared for the draft. So good for him. Yeah, bad for, bad loss for Michigan, but good, good for him. I don't know what his draft stock is looking like. I haven't really looked at the rankings lately, but I can't imagine he's projected to go like really high. Like he'd probably be like a second round guy. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, but also I couldn't remember what year he was. Well, now I think everything's messed up because they like gave everyone an extra year of eligibility. So hmm. I think technically he had another year. He could, well, yeah, he definitely could have come back. That's when he made the big announcement. But I think he was like a senior or a fifth year. Okay, so that, that makes sense. Like I can understand not wanting to come back for like fifth or sixth year if yeah you have an opportunity because you never know if you're going to be injured and some people are just ready to move on with their life so um 
yeah, happy for him. Then the big uh, sports event of the weekend, uh, the Masters. I don't know how many of you are golf fans, but I the reason I love the Masters in particular is just the tradition that it's involved with it. Um, always on Augusta, this beautiful, very difficult course in Georgia. Um, you know, the tradition of winning the green jacket. And once you win the the green jacket, you know, you get invited to the champions dinner before the tournament every year. And it's just super prestigious. Um, the most prestigious, I would say of all of the golf majors, uh, this year, very, um, very interesting. Uh, we had a very early leader, Justin Rose for the first couple of days. And for those of you that know, don't know, um, the masters works is you have, the whole tournament, it's a grueling, um, 72 hole event. And you, so you play, it's like four days, you play 18 holes a day. And then the first, after the first two days, they cut the field. And, um, I can't remember, I want to say it's like to the top 50% or something like that, just to kind of depends on the year. Um, and so sometimes you'll have like, for instance, Rory McIlroy just had a really bad couple of days. The first two days has won the masters before, and he didn't even make the cut. So you always want to make the cut to go to the weekend. And then you have to, that's like your, your score carries over for the whole thing. Um, but then, you know, with the field size decreasing, it's just higher stakes. And everyone knows that, you know, those two days are the ones that count the most. So they always say like, you can't win the masters on the first day, but you can definitely lose it. Um, anyway, so I enjoy watching it. I find it like super relaxing, but also golf is just such a mentally grueling sport. Like it's easy to get in your head. Um, you know, if you're kind of have it like a bad hole, whatever, you just have to like be able to push it aside, just like any sport, but like with golf, it's, it's not as fast moving where sometimes in basketball or, you know, soccer or anything like the adrenaline can kind of take you and you can easily forget a bad play that was made before. Whereas golf, like it's just you out there. And so you, you really have to be resilient throughout the whole thing. Um, and this year's winner was Matsuyama. Uh, he, almost, uh, choked at the end. He had a five stroke lead towards, um, you know, the last half of the last day and only one by one, but I'm really happy for him. He's the first Japanese man to ever win a major. And, um, you know, the Japanese actually, they've always had really good pro golfers. They just haven't had someone to, um, you know, that's been able to, to get that major title. And so he had a lot of pressure from his nation on him and, to see him come away with the victory, I thought was really cool. Yeah, I'll admit, I don't know too much about golf. I, I'm a fan of Rory McElroy, but other than that, I, I don't really follow the sport. So that yeah, was Yeah, your, that was your Irish roots. Um, closest I've been to competition on a golf course is like running at NXN. So I'm <laughs> very unfamiliar with, with the game, but I, I can see myself having an appreciation for it because it seems like it's it could be it could be peaceful obviously if you're competing at the masters there's way more stress that goes into that but it's peaceful you're out beautiful places out, out outside enjoying the weather so i could i could see myself appreciating golf for sure yeah i think you would like it i haven't golfed in a while um i'm not good but i want to get good this summer so that's kind of i know i'll have you know more time this summer than other summers because I have a little bit of break before I start work. So I'm excited to hit up the golf course a little bit and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll get decent at it. Who knows? Or you could go when you're out in Portland, you could go to the Glendavere golf course and shoot around there. Is that where NXN, where NXN is at? 
Yeah. yeah. That's Hopefully awesome. Hopefully it's not muddy when you're playing golf. That would be kind of a, a disappointment. Yeah. And extent is always really muddy. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing. Some of our listeners may not, I'm most of our listeners are runners. Let's be honest. But if you're not a runner, cross country uh, races are often held on golf courses and you know, as you know, golf courses, you know, with rain, especially in the, the colder months can get really muddy. So, uh, sometimes it's, it's definitely a little bit of a slug fest, um, which brings me to my last point of weekend news before we get into the meat of this episode, Brian's cycling adventure. Um, speaking of slug fest, I was watching the Portland Thorns play, um, Kansas FC in the NWSL challenge cup. And it was a dramatic game. So first of all, I wanted to watch. My friend is on the team, um, Maddie Pogar. She's awesome. She's like worked her butt off and is now starting for them, at least started this game and played the whole game. So she played awesome. It was so good to see her, um, you know, doing her thing, not even surprised. She's just like such a workhorse. But um, during the game, there are four red cards given out. And this doesn't happen very often in soccer. Like a red card is kind of rare. It's a physical sport, but a lot of times like you'll get a yellow worst case. Well, there was a very aggressive tackle. Girl got a red card. The coach of the Portland Thorns was upset about that, you know, said exchange some words with the refs. He gets a red card. And so mind you, when you get a red card, you get kicked out of the game and you're a player down. So, you know, Portland, who ended up winning the game, by the way, 2-1. But so Portland's down a player and their coach and those people can't play for the next game well then at the end of the game Portland's up to one and in soccer when you're trying to um basically if you're ahead and you don't want the other team to get the ball you're trying to run the clock down you'll just kick it to your corner and kind of protect the ball and you'll have usually like two people just try to almost like bodyguard the ball in the corner um it, it doesn't happen a lot, uh, but in certain games, it's just kind of what you do. And so it was obviously a little bit physical. You had two Kansas players uh, kind of like bodying the Portland players and the ball got out, you know, two of the, one Portland player, one Kansas player were running back, but kind of like elbowing each other a little bit. And, um, you know, it got a little aggressive and, and maybe like a word or two was said. And the Kansas player literally comes out, hauls out and hits the Portland girl in the face, like punches her. And then of course she kind of like hits back and then, you know, kind of comes at her and, you know, it starts to get a little aggressive and one of the other teammates has to pull her back. And then my friend like came up and kind of gave the Kansas girl like a a light shove, like, Hey, what the hell are you doing basically? Um, But anyway, that just like doesn't happen very often in soccer, but you could just tell it was, it was definitely a, a very um, like aggressive, highly charged game. And so um, it was fun to watch for sure. Those two players got kicked out. One uh, Portland player, the girl that got punched, which was like so dumb because if you get punched in the face, obviously you're going to hit back. Like, why wouldn't you? And uh, the Kansas girl. Um, so anyway, I, like I'll, you guys have to look it up. The video is actually pretty crazy and kind of funny, but um, yeah, that's my little piece of, uh, trying to get people more into women's soccer because it is a really great, exciting sport. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Usually like, usually those brawls happen in the football field. Soccer players are a little bit more disciplined, but I guess in, in this case, that would, that, um, 
that didn't happen and the soccer players showed some aggression there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, female soccer players, especially like they're tough. So don't mess with them. Um, another reason why, again, I really like the sport and I and I appreciate watching it. So, um, but yeah, that is, enough with that. Uh, you know, that's our sports news for the week, but um, it's just a good time and, you know, to, to talk about this, this cycling adventure of yours, Brian. Um, first of all, I don't know, like how long had you thought that you were going to do this ride or was it kind of just on a whim? Um, probably about like really only like three days before was I like certain that I was going to do it. It was kind of like, it was always in the back of my mind, like to plan out a ride that would be like long, like a double century kind of ride. But it, I never like, I didn't have like that weekend set for like weeks in advance for sure. It was really a spur of the moment or it's kind of thing where I was like, I had like a, a running race that was gonna, that was gonna be coming up at the end of November. And I did this ride at the end of October. And up until that point, I was putting in like some pretty serious mileage on the bike, like 400, 500 miles a week. Like even Jeez. like way more than I'm doing like, than I was doing like now, like, and I'm doing like a good amount now, but I was doing a, a lot. So, I knew like at that point that since I had the running race coming up that I wanted to like, like not really ride as much and then like switch to running. So I felt that I wanted to do like something at the end of like these like weeks of like, or like couple months of like heavy, like cycling training that I wanted to like do like something like big to cap it off. Like I'm used to at like the end of having like seasons for running. It's like, you like reach like one point, like you reach like the end and like you have like the last like race for the championship, like the pinnacle mm -hmm. of it all. So like, I kind of wanted to do that for like weeks of like heavy cycling training, like have like something like big at the end to like, yeah. to, um, to end it with. So I figured the, the weather was looking nice that weekend and I wanted to do, and I wanted to do a double century. So the background of like mapping the route was that like I found a 150 mile route on another guy Strava, another local um, Michigan riders, and it was like it was a gravel route which I wanted for for this, and mm -hmm. I noticed that it was heading like southwest kind of, and in the back of my mind another like crazy like idea would be like I want to ride to the corner of um, of um, Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. So I looked at this route and I was like, I could do an extension to this route and like add another like 50 mile loop into this route. And mm -hmm. that would like get me to like, to the corner of like Michigan, Indiana and Ohio. So I was like, so I mapped it all out, like altered the route that I found and like, and merged it. And I was like, okay, like here's, here's the route. And I could have like, so for a double century, I could have easily done it on the road. And that would have made like my life a lot easier if I did it all on pavement, I would have been able to ride my, my road bike, it would have been, I would have been able to go a lot faster, but I think like the, the fun of this ride wasn't like for it to be something about like speed or like going fast in the roads. This was kind of like to be more an adventure. And that's what like gravel cycling is. You're riding on dirt roads. Sometimes you'll hit like a, a patch of single track trails, like along the way you're riding through farms, not many people. It's, it's more like rugged riding. Yeah, it's bumpy you're riding through like forested areas and it's just like way more of an adventure than riding on the road even though riding on the road would be faster and easier so that was like kind of my like my idea about it and 
the other thing about like like this ride was not really going to be like as much for speed i mean i like to one of like my favorite parts about cycling is not about how it's fast about like going fast i do like to go fast but my like favorite thing about it is like the adventure that comes along with cycling and mapping out a ride and like going to a new place and like exploring that place and that's like kind of like gravel biking because you're going like off main roads you're going through farms there's no cars around you and it's really like the best like form of like exploration like you're out in the countryside places that people like rarely see and that was like the beauty of this ride like covering like 200 miles of some really like beautiful areas it was in the fall in, in Michigan so everything was like orange it was beautiful so yeah that was yeah. my like idea around this ride it was going to be like as much an adventure as it was like a challenge of fitness mm -hmm. so my so do you want me to go to for like preparation like what I packed that kind of stuff yeah I'm curious like did you plan to stop anywhere or like how much food and water do you pack and also like for safety yeah. like do people even know where you are like what if you're on the side of the road and like you just pop a tire and there's no one for miles like are you trying to be found dead by a farmer <laughs> like Brian I hope you thought this through and that was a very real possibility for this ride um, Jeez. uh so so yeah so what I packed I, I packed a lot for this I mean again this wasn't this ride wasn't going to be about like speed at all so and I like rode my gravel bike as opposed to my road bike it's a lot a lot slower but more comfortable so I could like carry more with me this so I wore like a small like hiking backpack okay and I had like a bag like behind my like seat and then I had like a bag like on my handlebar that I like stuffed with all like my food and then mm -hmm. like so there are pair supplies that I brought because I like had a lot to, to carry like I had a lot of like carrying materials so I could fit a lot I brought a pump I brought brought um co2 like cartridges that like helps if you have a pump you don't really need the co2 cartridges but mm -hmm. if you like quickly need to inflate a flat you use these cartridges and that like quickly gets like air really fast in the tire and then the cartridge like turns like ice cold and then it's it's pretty cool but it's the air that the co2 cartridge puts in the tire cannot like it wouldn't be a, it doesn't last long like overnight the tire would inflate i don't know how it handle with like a 12 hours like on the road it, it would probably be fine but you you'd it's kind of like a quick solution thing. You'd really want the pump. And then tire levers, which are for changing a flat, um, a multi-tool in case something mechanical happened. If that happened though, I probably would be pretty, pretty much like screwed. Like I wouldn't be able to do anything because I'm not good with the mechanical stuff, but just in case to have the multi-tool. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then patches and then patches with glue. And then I brought three spare tubes. So. I was, so if the tubes ran out, I would have had like the patches. Now, like having, even though I was out there for a long time, it would be a day of extreme bad luck to have three flats like that. But I'd like to err on the side of like being prepared as opposed to like only bringing like one tube and then like having another flat. Like I just, you can't take those risks if you're like that far away from home. Right, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I did plan on, I knew I was gonna have to stop at some point because for just for like fluids, like even I brought like a lot of food. I didn't really need to, I, I didn't buy any food along the way. I brought, bought like fluids along the way. So for, I started out with four bottles of Gatorade, lots of Cliff Bars. I don't know, like a lot. I don't know how many, um, I'd like to say like maybe like 
six. Mm-hmm. And then Bobo is Opar's, which I don't know if you've like seen them. They kind of look like a brick of like oatmeal, but like they're like perfect for riding because it's just like all like all carbs. They taste yeah. good. I probably brought like four or five of those. And then like, I think like I brought like two packs of gummy bears. So it was enough to get me like, yeah, pretty random. Uh, The night before, like I went to the CVS and I was like getting all this stuff. Like I was getting like Gatorade and like getting like iced coffee and like all these cliff bars and like oat bars and like gummy bears and like candy. And like the cashier was like giving me like kind of like a funny look, like what in the world, like what are you preparing for here? But (laughs) Or like, why are you getting all this stuff? But anyway, yeah, that. I got Honestly, all that. that I might was like, be like some college guys just daily diet. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Probably. <laughs> probably. But without the cliff bars or the like oat bars, it would probably be like just like gummy bears. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Probably. So um, tell me about kind of the beginning miles of this ride. You know, was it dark when you started? I would assume probably got up really early, right? Yeah, so I got up, I got up at, I, so the night before I didn't really like sleep too much because I, I was kind of like excited for it. So I really didn't get like, didn't get like any sleep at all. Like I'd say like maybe like three or four hours and, oh my God. and that's being like generous. So I woke up at like five and it was pretty easy because I really didn't like, I was kind of like half asleep, that kind of thing. So like I was able mm-hmm. to like, the wake up wasn't bad. Woke up at five, had like coffee, ate a little bit for breakfast and then I was like out by like, on like Strava, it shows like the start time. I was out at 5.41. So yeah, it was dark. It was, it was pretty cold at the start. Cause even though it was 38 degrees, which after like riding through the winter, like 38 degrees doesn't sound that bad. But when you're like 38 degrees in October, like feels a lot worse. Cause you're just not yeah. used to riding in that temperature. And plus when it's dark out, you have no sun. So that like makes it even colder on the bike. So that, and then I'll go into like what I wore too. I wore like, I wore running tights, like the bike shorts, long sleeve shirt, um, bike shirt, then a flannel and then gloves, which like doesn't, which like was the perfect amount because I was a little bit cold to start, but then you have to think you don't want to, once you get into the middle of the ride, you don't want to be like sweating too much once the temperature gets up to like the low fifties. So I felt like that was good. And I don't, I don't really take like cycling apparel like too seriously. Like some people, like a lot of cyclists, they like have like really fancy like kits for like the cold weather and like expensive like thermals and that kind of stuff. But like, I just kind of go with flannel, especially since this wasn't for speed. Like I was out on the gravel bike. It's like, I wasn't gonna, if it's like flapping around a little bit, like not as error, like so be it. I wasn't competing against anyone, but. Right, right. Yeah, so. So that was what I wore. Oh, and then back to tracking. So I had like find my friends. I like sent my location to a few of my housemates. Okay. And then I had, so I used like a Garmin bike computer. And for those of you like familiar with like Garmin running watches, like this, this bike computer is like different and that like you could upload like a whole route. For, so my whole ride was on this computer. It's kind of like a mix between a running watch and like the old like car GPSs that you'd like put up. So that's like what a cycling computer is. So I like uploaded the route and then Garmin has a feature where you could send like, where you could, if you have your phone next to the ride computer, you could like live stream like that, like where you're riding, like all your stats to like anyone who has the link. So I sent that link to my parents, which I should have sent that link to 
the people like in Ann Arbor who were tracking me because it just gave more data. But like, I didn't really think about that at the time, though, in, in the future, <laughs> what, because it, it yeah, like what are your parents going to do from New Jersey? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, just like enjoy the entertainment and go look at his, his speed now. It's really decreasing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then I also had like Aftershocks headphones to listen to music. And then I brought like my wallet and mask and of course, those kinds of essentials. Gotta have the essentials. Yeah. Okay. So then after that part, um, once the sun came up, you know, how, how was the ride there and did anything? Yes. Yeah, so beginning no miles. Yeah. The beginning miles were before like sunset were like quite kind of like scary because you don't realize like being in like populated areas where there's street lights, like it gets dark, but it doesn't really get that dark because there's always like lights everywhere or it just like way more well lit because, or you have like houses with lights on. But mm -hmm. when you're out in like the farm country, like dark is like dark, like pitch black. So like, you can't like, it's like really eerie out there, especially with the wind, like rustling and through like farm fields, like your print, like it, it gets like really dark out there. So yeah. I, so that was kind of scary. Like the first miles like weren't the most enjoyable because I was cold, it was dark, kind of scary. And then my like front like light lost hour, lost like power um, after like an hour in. And I'd never like ridden that long in the dark with the light before. So like, I didn't really know that that was going to happen, but like after an hour it lost battery. So there was like 30 minutes of riding in like partial darkness with phone light. And I was like, so happy when, once the sun rose, I'm stressed all of a sudden, like there was light and then it wasn't as stressful. So like the miles after sunrise were really like some of the best parts of the ride because it was like, you know how it is like in the morning or any of you like morning people who like exercise, like after like the sun, rises like it's kind of like a, almost like another like golden hour kind of thing it's really yeah. like, the lighting's beautiful really like lit up like the fall like scenery really well and, and that was also like that like part of the route was probably the most like beautiful just like the scenery like it was through like the Wamplers Lakes um Irish Hills area of Michigan and mm -hmm. there were like dirt roads different from like the dirt roads around Ann Arbor because like the dirt roads there were like more like forested and like covered by trees it wasn't like you're like biking through like an open field that kind of thing so that part of the ride was really enjoyable my first challenge i had to ride through a little bit of single track trails and there were like thorns but luckily you didn't get a flat there so yeah oh, those were like the dirt road that, led to a single track there was like a small part like i with this route downloaded i i really like didn't know like what was coming so all of a sudden it says like turn right and it's this like little trail that I had to take and like that would that like connected me to another dirt road. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Carry that, on. That's the other thing about these routes. Like you're just like looking at it'll like alert you with the turn and sometimes it'll tell you to like make a turn onto like a road or something. You're like, is this like actually rideable? But usually works out. Um mile and then so after that, so mile 50 to 90, that was like probably like my like fastest stretch. Like I started to get going with the speed. Mm -hmm. There was some pavement every now and then rolling hills. Mm -hmm. That's when like, I got into a good rhythm. I put like the same song on repeat for like 45 minutes for like one <laughs> stretch. Cause like, I was just like, I, I got in a rhythm and like pace was good. So I was like, I'll roll with that. And well, what song was it? That was nice. Um, it was uh, Positions by Ariana Grande. <laughs> that was, it was like, that was like right when it came out too. Yeah, it's a bop. It was, 
I wasn't able to listen to the song after that ride for a few weeks. Yeah, I'm sure. Gave the memories of the ride. I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. But it's a good song, though, definitely. I There's like, especially like when I'm biking up like a mountain, I like to put like where I know it's going to be a continuous climb for like a couple miles. Like you're going to be out there. I like to put on like the same song and repeat because with your cadence, I find that it helps to just like keep the same like rhythm. Like I'll put like kind of an upbeat song and let that carry me. But anyway, back to uh, this ride. So by like, so by mile 90, I was like really annoyed because I hit, I made it to Reading, Michigan and I hit like a train, like, and I had to like wait for like 15 minutes. And I was really annoyed about that. Cause like, I wanted to keep the elapsed time, which is like the difference between the amount of time, like it takes you to like start to finish. And then like, you're like rolling time, the time you're actually biking. Mm-hmm. I was mad. I was like, oh, this is going to like add on like even more time. So that, and it was just like waiting. It felt like forever. Like I was waiting for this train to move, like in this like really like small town in Michigan. I was like, why isn't, what's like, what's going on here? And, and the train was just like stuck there, but eventually, eventually it did move. So I was able to get back on my way. And I, at a hundred miles, I like crossed the state line into Indiana. So that was like a really exciting point of the ride because I was like, wow, I like made it all the way to Indiana. And so I like stopped and like took some pictures by like, there was this lake, little lake called like Clear Lake. And then I rode a few more miles and then there was this like, there was this really nice like red barn, like right near the Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, like borders. And then I took like more pictures there. So like, I'll send that to you for like the episode, like the Instagram I got from like promotional for this episode. Like there was a good, good barn spot for pictures and if you guys know me like or follow me on like Instagram or Strava like you know like I love my pictures on the rides like that's like part of the journey um so yeah oh but one so I made it to that like barn but then what I didn't realize was that there is like a little like cornerstone that I like just missed that like marks like the actual corner between like Michigan Indiana and Ohio so like that was a bummer I guess, like, I guess I'll have to go back there to, um, to like ride, to like get a picture of that next time I do a long ride, but yeah, that that would be a nice picture. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so from like that point, I like crossed in Ohio and like rode like straight, like East for probably like 10 ish miles. And then, then was like the worst part of the ride by far. Um, Uh cause then I made like made like the left turn and then I was like had like like 20 miles like straight ahead to Hillsdale Michigan Mm -hmm. and the wind was right in my face for this like 20 miles it was like trending like uphill like rolling hills but for the most part like trending upwards I get like Hillsdale Michigan it is like indeed hilly there like as the name suggests but (laughs) that straightaway was like the straightaway of like death like the wind was oppressive like probably like one of the worst like winds I'd ever cycled into. And I was riding like a heavier, heavier bike, like riding the gravel bike. It was just not like, not fun going to that headwind, especially with like a hundred miles on the legs already, even though this road was paved, it was just like a complete, like it was a grind, like for this road, like halfway through, I had to stop at like the Cub Lake party store. Like, like I was just like, I just needed like a little break. So I went in there, I got like, I felt it was a good time to like re like stock on water. And then 
I got my drinks of choice for an iced coffee, like one of those like Starbucks, like really like sugary, not like a, like a black coffee, but like the really yeah. sugary ones taste good. Mm-hmm. And then I got a Pepsi and a Propel. And like, I, <laughs> like, I think I saved Pepsi, chugged the iced coffee, chugged the Propel and then like refilled the water. And then I was on my way from there. And I eventually like, just like made it past this like straightaway of death. And that was just like, that was a nice like, rep- like reprieve once I, got like away from that straightaway I mean like a 20 mile straightaway that's like a good like ride in itself and just like 20 miles continuous against the wind just like takes as much of a toll on you like mentally as it does against your legs especially when you're like that far into a ride so oh, I'm sure that, that was like I, I don't know if I would say the end might was probably harder than that but that was definitely like a extremely hard stretch of riding yeah especially and, when you know you have a lot to go still I know yeah yeah. So I, I don't have great memories of Hillsdale, Michigan. They also have, there was like the actual town of Hillsdale I rode through there. It was like kind of, it was really depressing. <laughs> like they had like a little like college there and then there just, just like wasn't much going on. But after that, I made it through after that like hour of awful riding, I made it back as like dirt roads. And then I was riding through like wooded areas. So the wind mm-hmm. wasn't as bad and like the scenery was beautiful again. So that was Nice, but around this point, like I'm looking at like on my like my computer, I'm looking at like my like average pace and everything, the time. Then there's also like I'm looking at the time of day and I'm like doing like math in my head at this point. And I'm like, I'm not gonna make it back before like the sun like sets. Like it's gonna be like Gosh, it's gonna be dark. And I knew like my light was dead at that point. So I was like really like I wanted to minimize as much time like riding in the dark, especially on like roads that I wasn't like 100% familiar with yeah so I wanted to make sure I like made it to like Waters Road at least and like the promise got like completely dark so it was kind of like I couldn't take my time at at that point like it's not like I could have like coasted and like rode easier it was I felt like I needed to like push more because I was like afraid of not being able like to make it back before sunset so well, it was like beautiful and I was like feeling good at that. Still like reasonably good, as good as you can feel like 130 miles into a ride. I like knew I started to like, I needed to like push it and ride harder. So that made things a little bit more stressful. Yeah. So a little bit of adrenaline though. Definitely some adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a good way to describe it. I wish like I didn't have the pressure of making it back before dark at that stretch because it really was like it was like a beautiful stretch of roads, but I just needed to like, that's like, I know I said that this ride wasn't about speed, but it was almost like at that point, it's like, okay, you got to start like to turn it on a little bit because yeah. you want to make it back. Yeah. So those two roads eventually like transitioned to like really poorly maintained, like actual like paved roads. And I remember like a stretch of like paved road that was like really bad, like part for the course in Michigan, like the paved roads, some people say are like worse than the gravel roads, but it was just like potholes everywhere, yeah. tons of bumps in the road. And that was like unenjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I'm eventually, so I made it to 175 miles and that was like the first point where I like really started to bonk. Like I was doing a, a good job of like feeling like I was going to get a set time, like every half hour or so pretty much, I was like trying to like eat something or fuel but around 175 miles, cause I like had started to push it after 130. That's in like, I was starting to like bonk a little bit so that I had to like stop. And I was trying to avoid like stops at this point. Cause it's like every like 
every like minute of stopping is an extra minute of riding in the dark. So it's like, right. you really want to avoid that. So, but I like took the, the chance and I stopped and like had like a whole bag of gummy bears at that point. <laughs> like I just needed like any like bit of like sugar, just to, like reach like to like a quick, like zap of energy, like right. that I could get going again. Right. Also around this point, my, like, I think it was my left knee was like really starting to hurt. Mm-hmm. Like this ride, like messed up my knee, like the day afterwards, but around like now, like my knee was hurting bad. Like your legs are like really like sore, obviously, cause you're like that far into the ride, but that's things start to like decline after that point. Like everything was starting system is like shutting down. Like the bonking is like your system shutting down a little bit and then you still have 25 miles to go. So yeah, luckily the gummy bears is enough to like be like the jump start, And I was able to keep going, but uh, by this point, it was like, it really, it was getting darker. Sun was like setting or like close to being set. And then I hit this one stretch of road that was like, like, again, back to like the computer is just like telling me to turn. So it's like, turn right here, or like turn left. And like, it says like, turn left. And I look at the road, it's like showing me to turn left. And it's just like an absolute like mud pit, completely like muddy. Um, oh my gosh. Like, it was almost like, quick like sandy but like I was like I would it was just like so hard to pedal through like I was sinking down uh-huh. it had to have been like the slowest mile of the ride but I and especially with like tired legs I I remember like that would, like I was like so mad up at, at that point I was like how is this route have this as like a road but I like made it to the end of that and then um kept going and then I hit like there's this like place town called like Sharon Hollow, like some like little like farm area. And that had like a ton of like hilly climbs there. And especially like anything, like any sort of incline feels like a big hill when you're that far into the ride. So I remember that being like a struggle. Like there are a few like steep, steep climbs from Michigan in that section, but I made it back to that. And it was pretty much like pitch black by the time I made it to like Waters Road, Mm -hmm. which is like, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's like 20 miles, no, like 15 miles of um, basically just like a straightaway road, like popular running road. Mm-hmm. But it was like pitch black at this point. So I had to like take my phone out, like use my phone light. And I was just like, I was familiar with this road because I've like ridden it a lot. So that helped. But I was trying to avoid potholes, which was like, I was not able to do because of like, I was using my phone light. I remember like, when like cars would come like behind me to pass and like try and like get over like the side of the road as much as possible and like visible and my like backlight was still working luckily so that was still flashing red but I was like hopefully like please like see me oh my and god it at this point I was just like it was almost like panic attack time I was just like panicked because it's pitch black it's like so dark like it's like incredibly dark like darker like it's just like hard to picture because I think a lot of people like are just so used to like street lights that right. like I don't think it's rare to be like out in like the country and like complete darkness and like if right. you go camping or something you have a flashlight but this is like only like an iPhone light so yeah I'm just like keep spinning and like just keep going because like you're like 15 miles away just like you're so close and I like knew the intersecting roads of Waters Road so like I'd be like, just make it to like Parker. And then like, I'd get past like Parker and be like, okay, now I'll just like make it to Zeeb. And then I get to Zeeb and just be like, okay, make it to Tessimer. And then you just have to turn left and then 
you have an, another mile of gravel and then you turn right on style church and then that's like pretty much the way back mm-hmm. so i was like panicking during this time but like that was just like just like keep pedaling keep progressing like keep moving on and like i made it back and made it to style church and i'd like never been like happy to see like a street light or like see like civilization kind of like oh that, that was like yeah so i was so happy like riding like lit roads and then made it back to the house and pretty much and that, and that was that wow um, i left out a few like i know i talked a lot so that's hard to do but i left out and like during the ride there were a few like instances where there were like farm dogs that i had to deal with so like around like it was somewhere around, probably in like the miles like 70-ish range like there are like three like instances of it where so the first first time like the dog like starts like chasing me on the bike and like I love dogs so it was like so hard for me to do but I had to like yell really loud at this dog to get away because if the dog jumps on the bike like that means that I'd probably like fall off something mm-hmm. and break or like the dog can, there's like moving wheels the dog gets hurt that way so like I had to yell at the dog so that was that was like a low point in the ride and then I keep riding then another dog starts chasing after me so what I decided to do then was like I got one of my water bottles like out from like the holders and then like sprayed the dog and then that like did the trick oh my and gosh. The dog, like ran away wow <laughs> yeah that's, that's a story yeah I'm just thinking if there's like any other like little like stories out there um yeah the because this is the first time you've you've said this story out loud, right? Front to yeah, I've told like little like bits and pieces to people. Yeah, so you guys, you heard it here first, guys. You should be honored. Oh, oh yeah, and then yeah, the Cub Lake Party Store. Like whenever I go to these little like, one of the best things about cycling, like when you ride far, is you like find these like little like general store places and like just out in the middle of nowhere, like really like small stores, and then. You, like, the cashier like will always like see my helmet and be like oh like how far are you like out today or where'd you start from and I was like yeah I'm like 115 miles in I like I'm starting in Ann Arbor and like they just like can't believe it they're like wow like all in one day like, um, like yeah. most people can't believe that Brian I can't believe it and I know you yeah. so <laughs> that's insane that end of that ride must have just been oh I'm just like imagining how I would have felt I would have lost it that's scary but kind of going to survival mode though probably like as scared as you were you probably just had to use all that energy to just get back yeah and I think like those situations aren't fun but I think like it's a situation that like people need to have like where like you let like adrenaline take over like I feel like that's like those like a lot of people like just aren't adventurous and I feel like being like adventurous like that like that like builds you up like those like those like life experiences and plus like humans used to be able to like survive outside too like without like all this like all like fancy technology and like sometimes it's like good to go back to the roots and like let adrenaline kick in or like be like out in like the pitch like darkness like that like I also like that's what I like about like headlamp like trail running is like Mm-hmm. you kind of it like really like awakens your senses like you're just like out there and it's like an experience you don't really get to have in like modern life um oh another thing people like ask is they're like did you listen to music throughout and yeah I did have like the headphones but that only lasted like about like six hours like halfway through mm-hmm. and then like I was like no music for the rest of the way which 
a lot of which people are like, how do you do that? And I think that like, sometimes you really like need time to like think without music or anything. And there's no better time for that than like being out on the bike where it's like, you're just like focusing on the road, but it's like nice to have like time with like no distractions like that, just to like be with your thoughts. And I think like a lot of people, it's like they need to have like music on or like they mm -hmm. need to be like watching TV or like looking at their phone or like something like I'm the same way too. But like, I think like that, like they're like afraid almost like be like, just like think like be like alone with their thoughts and like mm -hmm. be with themselves. And that's like a good thing about like another good thing about cycling is it really like gives you like an excuse to like have time like where it's just like you and your thoughts and like you get to like think about things so that's an, another just uh that's like my two cents there my idea um probably a lot of people disagree with that but well maybe um, i mean i i mean i definitely see that i, I feel the same way with running sometimes and I think, yeah, maybe that's the medicine in the world everyone needs just to go out for a long bike ride and just uh, take a day away from, from it all and, and kind of get back to, like you said, kind of get back to your roots a little bit. I like that. Yeah. So it took me like, I think a little bit over 12 hours, like a moving time, but elapsed time was like over 13 hours. That's impressive. And Only in like an hour of stoppage time. Yeah, like I really With tried to like minutes being a train. That's actually insane. Yeah, like I really tried to limit the stopping time, and I like stopped to take pictures too. Like I brought my like since I had the backpack, I brought my nice camera too, so uh -huh. I was able like to take like a little bit nicer pictures. One of like my regrets is like I wish like I did it. If I were to do a ride like this again, I'd want to do it in a time where there's like more daylight. That way, could get that way. I could could have like stopped for pictures like more and like. Mm -hmm taking the camera out because there were some like nice spots that I wish I could have like stopped for pictures but like there's only like so many picture stops you could do before like all of a sudden you're like going to be riding in the dark for like hours at the end which I wanted to avoid like like one and a half hours in the dark at the end was like more than enough like I didn't I didn't need more than that so right that's another regret but yeah I think the biggest takeaway from this ride is like as much as like I love going and as much as like cyclists in general, like love going fast or like being competitive and going for segments, like it's nice to have like, to like go on an adventure like this where it's like, mm -hmm. you're not really caring about like like pace or anything. It's more of just like a test of endurance. And I think like, I'd like to get in, I'd like to like enter like a cycling race like this, like an ultra endurance race, like dirty Kanza or something that's like over like 200 miles, like a dirt road race. Not, I wouldn't want to do like, a road race I'd want to do it on like dirt roads where you're like yeah. out there in, in the country it just like adds like another you just it just requires like another element of, of toughness but yeah I'd like to do another ride like this where it's like as much an adventure as it is like a like test of fitness so mm -hmm. yeah it was a this this ride like I know a lot of people will think that it's like crazy and it's like why would you do that why would you like put your body through something like as strenuous as that like sit in a bike for 13 hours but it was just like as hard as it was at times it was an unbelievably like awesome experience to always remember and mm -hmm. and yeah just like a ride of a lifetime yeah well I'm sure it's, it's impressive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just hearing about it and, and just the fact that you just did it all by yourself one day. Um, you know, that's really cool. So thank you for sharing.
Yeah, no problem. I, I talked a lot there. I, it was prob probably very boring, but do you have any, any questions or anything? No, I mean, I feel like you did a good job of taking us through it at the different parts in the ride and, and how there are some, some parts definitely better than others. Um, but yeah, I guess the only other thing is how did you feel the next day? Oh, next day I like slept till like, so I got up around like eight 30. I had to take like pictures for a friend and that like lasted like 30 minutes. And then I like went back to bed and like slept till like two in the afternoon. Oh my and God, I would have slept longer, but like the landlord was like showing our house. So all of a sudden, like I hear like a knocking on my like door and like, the, it's like the landlord, like showing the house to people. Like I forgot about that. <laughs> so like, I'm like, you give me like five minutes. And then like, I let him like show the room, but uh -huh. I, I probably would have like slept like another, like couple hours, honestly. Wow. But, and then legs were just like sore in general, but my like left knee was like pretty messed up. Like I, it was, I, it was like really like swollen. Like I had to take like a leave to like get the swelling down. Like it was like noticeably like different from uh -huh. my right knee, but um, that it only lasted that like only lasted like half a week and I was fine, but I took like two weeks off from the bike after that. Okay. But yeah, that was the after effects. And then one last question. What was the first thing that you ate when you got back? So it was the Michigan versus like Minnesota game that like night. So the game had just started and like, they, they're like people like over at the house and they like made, they like grilled. So I think they grilled like bratwurst or something. I had that and like, they had like donuts there. I had like a few of those, um, had a beer, obviously only like, I didn't, I probably only had like one or two and I was just like, I didn't even like feel the, the effects of it almost. I don't, I was just like so tired that the only thing I could feel was like tiredness. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't talk, watch, I uh, watched the game and then went to bed after the game. Yeah, that, was, that was that. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, you know, maybe it's the, the first adventure of many for you. So, um, yeah, thank you again for sharing. And I guess this is just a good message for everyone to, no matter what it is, doesn't have to be a bike ride, but, you know, maybe make a little adventure for yourself and, and do something, you know, by yourself. I think that's important that everyone kind of experiences that at one time or another, like you said. So thank you again. Um, any final words, any shout outs from you, Brian? No, that, yeah, that was a great way to put it right there. I think like, you don't need to do like a 200 mile bike ride, but just like find something like out in nature that exceeds your comfort zone a little bit, whether it's like doing like a hard, like hike to like up to the top of the mountain with a nice view or like uh, something that like challenges you physically. That's not necessarily like a competition. And yeah. yeah, that would be that. Yeah. So that's what you said was a great way to put it. Um, I think I'll like have, I'll, we could link the, the link to like my Strava post if you guys want to like see like an actual like map of the route what that looks like or if you want to bike it yourself then you'll have the route um but other than that I'm, I'm good sounds good yeah so look for that on our Instagram page um and thank you guys again for listening we uh yeah we, we love that we have even one listener a week so um you know, even if it's only my mom, I don't know. Shout out to you, mom. So, all right. Take care guys. We'll see you next week.